0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, The other thing,
1: and this is going to be our main subject today, Dom Smith signed with the Nationals. Now, is that our main subject of the day, that Dom Smith is a National? Not necessarily. But Pete Hoffman texted me. Something that I have received, I have received this text for years after different guys have left. And that is, Dom Smith's gonna kill us. I'll never forget, and this is not an example where a guy did kill us. Luis Castillo, after being cut by the Mets, signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. And Joe and I took calls, and I received tons of text messages from friends. Luis Castillo's gonna kill the Mets. And I remember doing a little bit of a tirade saying, you know what, guys? I'm as negative a Met fan as anybody. Not everybody comes back and kills us. And Luis Castillo never came. I don't know if he ever played a game for the Phillies. I forget. I'm not sure if he did. But he never came back and killed us. Will Dom Smith come back and kill us? It's absolutely on the table. I like Dom Smith. Was it time for him to go here? Absolutely. Sometimes it's just time to move on. But just because it's time to move on with somebody and we all agree, hey, time to move on, doesn't make it that he won't come back and kill us. So today on the Rico, thanks to Pete, Pete really inspired this because he said, you know what, Evan, we should talk about all the former Mets that have come back and killed the Mets. And I said, you're right. We should. Because let's preemptively strike against what Dom Smith is going to do to us. But I actually want to start. And I have a list. I have a list. I have two categories, by the way. The former Mets that came back and killed us, which is obvious. And then I I thought this was interesting. This was a wrinkle to it. The guys who killed us before they became Mets and then became Mets. And they did whatever. You know, we'll get into that. So we've got two categories. But when I said we all pretty much agreed it was time to move on from Dom Smith, it actually reminds me of somebody. And this should scare the crap out of all of us. We all agreed. And most of us as Mets fans, we don't all agree on anything, but we all agreed that it was time to say goodbye to Travis Darno. We did. Let's not lie, Pete. Don't lie to me.
2: You were done with Travis Darno. Is that a fair statement? A thousand percent. I used to have conversations with Bob Huether, telling him that Darno, 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 Darnold. Jesus, Travis Darno is old. Terrible, and we need to say goodbye to him. He's injury prone, he's wasted, gone. He needs to be gone forever.
1: And and look, other than 2015, where when Darno played in 67 games, he was very, very productive and was the catcher for a team that won the pennant. Pete's right, he barely played in 2017 when he did, he sucked. He missed virtually all of 2018, and when he came back in 2019, in which he was already done as a starting catcher. Travis Darno went two for 23. I'll do the math for you. That's a batting average of 087. And we were all done. I mean, we were all absolutely done with this guy because, A, he was making a handful of, he was making a few million dollars, and they had already signed Wilson Ramos, who at the time, 31 years old, much better offensive player. He was already just such a huge upgrade over Travis Darno. So we all agreed. Like, it was not a debatable thing. You got to get rid of Travis Darno. Travis Darno, that son of a bitch, has not only turned into an elite-level defensive catcher, and this isn't about, like, this podcast is not about guys who just turned out to be great. It's about guys who killed the freaking Mets. But I'm just adding color to this, that, yes, Darno has turned into a really good starting catcher in baseball. But I present to you Travis Darno. He has played 22 games against the New York Mets since leaving, mostly now with the Atlanta Braves. He has hit 325, far above his career average. He's hit four home runs in 77 at-bats with 20 RBIs. 20 RBIs in 22 games. You could do the math. It's a lot of freaking RBIs. He has a 960 OPS. So forget about what he's become. Because he's become a very good player, like I said. Look what he's done to us. He has seen us and has pissed all over us. He has destroyed us. And yet, can we really be annoyed? We all wanted him gone. And I don't want to see. I know I'm going to get an email at the Ricobie at gmail.com. Evan, I didn't want to get rid of him. I knew Wilson Ramos was a fat ass. I needed Darno. It, it, stop. We all were done with him. i give you another guy we were all done with. Angel Pagan. We were all done with him. So when he goes to San Francisco and's a productive player, you, like we can bitch just about our lives as Met fans, but we can't bitch that. we oh, Can you believe it? He we, we got rid of him. We did not want him anymore. Those numbers I just gave you for Darno, expect it from Dominic Smith. Expect it. All right. Let me ask you a question, Pete, because I, I have the answer, and I was sort of surprised by this. Of all the former Mets, and, I, and when we're done with this, obviously feel free to tweet at us or email us because I'm sure there are guys that we missed. Like I'd be the first one to tell you. This is through my brain, Pete's brain research. There's going to be some guys where I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot about this guy. But who do you think is the ultimate Met returnee killer? And there's two guys. One is obvious which we can get to and get it out of the way. And one who I bet you don't
2: realize. Go ahead. I mean, the first one is Daniel Murphy. I mean, he destroyed, yes. he beat the but he beat the piss out of us. He beat the piss out of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, we, we could
1: spend all day on this. Uh, we've talked about Daniel Murphy. We've talked about the decision. Daniel Murphy hit 355 with 12 home runs and 44 RBIs in 52 games with a 1,061 OPS, but specifically in his first year, He left us in 2016. He assaulted us like no one else. He made Chipper Jones look like a wuss. And let's be honest. He made Derek Jeter look like he was a fraud. Like, Daniel Murphy just did stuff to us that's illegal in 35 (laughs) states. So, yeah, I mean, we could spend all day on this. I don't think it's worth it. We all know the brilliance of Daniel Murphy against the Mets.
2: Okay, so let me take a random guess at the other guy. I want to say Ty Wigginton.
1: Ty Wigginton. That's interesting. I didn't even look up Ty Wigginton's numbers. Now I'm kind of curious how he did against us. But no, it's not Ty Wigginton. But I'll tell you this this guy who I'm about to name had a very solid major league career. The most home runs he hit against any team was the New York Mets. The most RBIs he had against any team were the New York Mets. And what's fascinating about it is he didn't play the most games against the Mets. So it's not as if, oh, yeah, he has those records because he just faced the Mets all the time. I think he faced like four or five teams more than he faced the Mets. So before I get to this guy, I do want to explain. We cannot bitch about this. I want to make that very clear because the guy I'm about to mention was a part of one of the greatest trades in the history of the New York Mets. And we gave him up. So. We have to be fair about this. I'm going to give you the numbers. They may be surprising. Uh, maybe there aren't defining moments of him assaulting us with these numbers, but he did it. And that guy is Preston Wilson. That's right. Preston Wilson in the Mike Piazza trade. So, well, what are we going to do? We're going to bitch about that? And I think we've talked about Preston on a recent podcast where we said, eh, it's kind of sucked. I think we talked about him on the the podcast where we talk about losing your favorite player, trading away a favorite player. And we had somebody mention, hey, you know, Preston Wilson, I, he was a prospect, he was Mookie's son. I wanted that guy to be a star with us. And he had a really solid major league career, but the Mets traded him for Mike Piazza. So you can't get nuts about it. But listen to these numbers, dude. These are crazy. 86 games, so a little bit more than half a season. He had 277. He had 23 home runs, 61 RBIs, a 900 OPS. Most home runs against any team, Preston Wilson against the Mets. Most RBIs against any team, Preston Wilson against the Mets. Here's what I think saves this. Because when I look this up, I didn't remember him assaulting us that much. But what I did remember was him failing against us. Because Preston Wilson played for the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals. And he was on that team. And I remember thinking throughout that NLCS, he's going to kill us. This is going to be the guy to kill us. Logically, that's the guy. And he did nothing in that series. The Mets did a great job against him. He was only three for 17 in that series. So maybe what kind of softens this is that there aren't these epic moments of Preston Wilson doing anything against the Mets. He played for the Rockies. He played for the Marlins. Like there's... I mentioned the Cardinals, but again, didn't do anything in that NLCS. So maybe what softens it about him is that despite those really good numbers that you can't dispute, like he didn't break our hearts. Now, there weren't many moments that we cite over and over again the way we could with a guy like Daniel Murphy. And maybe the other thing is also we understood why he wasn't a Matt. Like it made complete sense why they
2: traded him. But yeah, statistically, bro, he's as good as it gets. Yeah, I do remember Preston Wilson beating the crap out of us, too, now that you remind me. I mean, because, he, again, he was somebody that was involved in such a big trade. Again, highlighted player, the background, whenever he came around. That's the thing is whenever you see these names pop up and they come back to play the Mets, it's always like, I want to see how he's doing. And sometimes, like Preston Wilson, they remind us how they maybe could have done for us.
1: Yeah, it's it sucks, man. Like, Preston Wilson's one of those guys where it would have been cool if he was a Met. But when you have a chance to get Mike Piazza, you're just you're signing the deal. And he was the only guy in the Piazza trade that really turned out to be anything. Uh, Memory serves correct. Ed Yarnell was in that trade who never really turned into anything. Jeff Goetz never made the major leagues. He was in that trade. Um, He was the one guy and he turned into a really good player. But I think all of us would agree. Mike Piazza uh, was pretty good. By the way, Mike Piazza is on this list. And I need to address this because I think this is also fascinating. Mike Piazza's on both lists. Mike Piazza killed the Mets as an L.A. Dodger. Killed him. It just was great. Maybe that's a part of why we wanted him so badly. And then when he left after the 2005 season, he killed the Mets again. Remember, he hit those two home runs in his return to Shea Stadium as a Padre. And it's a very small sample size. I do admit that. But in the five games Mike Piazza played against the Mets after he was no longer a Met, it was also washed up, he wasn't the same guy, he was 5-for-18 with three home runs and a 1,128 OPS. Small sample size, I admit, but picked up where he left off because before he became a Met, he was 11-for-34, which is a three fifty batting average. So Piazza's one of those guys that fits. He killed the Mets before he got here, And he killed the Mets after he was gone.
2: I'll tell you this much. I would have taken those after numbers from Darren Ruff last year. That's for sure. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So I I, I did not realize
1: this. And this is before my time. This is before Pete's time. But I think it deserves mention because these numbers are maybe on a level of Daniel Murphy absurd. Dave Kingman was a Met twice. Uh, Dave Kingman was traded the same day Tom Seaver was traded. So he was a part of that exodus in the late 70s and he spent a couple of years with the Chicago Cubs and then eventually came back to the Mets in the early 80s. In the three years between 1978 to 1980, dude, these numbers, I'm telling you right now, I want everybody to pay attention. I don't care if you don't remember Dave Kingman, never heard of Dave Kingman. He put up numbers that I'm telling you, make Daniel Murphy blush. The Mets sucked. We weren't around, so it doesn't have the same impact. He played 39 games against the Mets between 1978 and 1980. In those 39 games, he hit 19 home runs. 19 home runs in 39 games. That's a home run every other game. In a 162 game season, that's 81 home runs. So he hit nineteen home runs in thirty nine games. he hit three eighty five and he drove in fifty one runs what like Dave Kingman doesn't hit three eighty five in anything like he hit a lot of home runs. he was never a high average guy. Dave Kingman, for three years while the Mets were bad between seventy eight and nineteen eighty put up numbers that are video game like and to put it in perspective. Daniel Murphy played in 13 more games against the Mets than Dave Kingman. Dave Kingman hit seven more home runs, drove in seven more runs, and had a batting average that was 30 points higher. Dave Kingman, statistically, may be the greatest Met killer of all time. But again, it's different. And I acknowledge that. That's why Daniel Murphy still has the uh, the mantlepiece <laughs> because Dave Kingman wasn't on a team that won the World Series and was the or got to the World Series and was on an NLCS MVP, and then was left to let to let go the
2: following year. That's the difference. But now, question: Did you ever? Again, I don't know, and I definitely didn't see those that happen. But like, did Kingman have something against when he got traded from the Mets? Was he upset? Was there like an uproar? Like Murphy seemed like he had it in against the Mets and was like, wanted to like, say F you.
1: Right. So what I would say is Dave Kingman was a miserable human being. At least that's what I heard. So I don't think he was generally a happy guy. (laughs) And maybe he was upset that he was traded on the same day Tom Seaver was traded and it didn't get any publicity. June 15th, 1977. Is it remembered for the Dave Kingman trade? It's remembered for the Tom Seaver trade. And remember they brought him back. Like right after this, the Mets acquired him in 1981. So he's gone. He's, you know, bouncing around Major League Baseball, specifically during that time period. He's with the Chicago Cubs where he's putting these numbers up. And then he, then he comes back and, I mean, you know, hit some home runs, but was not quite the guy. He was in Chicago and what he was doing against the Mets. So I don't know if it was a personal vendetta. It may have just been the Mets sucked and he beat up on their crappy pitching. That may have been a part of it. Uh, one guy that's very important to bring up because I would not be doing my job is Rico Brogna because <laughs> Rico knows it. We had Rico on a couple of months ago and I remember bringing it up to him like, dude, you killed the Mets when they first let you go. And he's like, yeah, I was pissed. So Rico certainly had a vendetta against the Mets in his first 10 games in 1997, in the 10 games in 1997. When he was facing the Mets for the first time, after they had traded him to the Phillies, he hit 412 with two home runs and four RBIs. So he was killing it. And overall, his numbers were pretty good. Solid. Like, they weren't absurd, but they were solid. He started off as a Met killer and then cooled off a little bit. 47 games, 273, eight home runs, 25 RBIs, 800 OPS. Rico, very good Met killer.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,